0: This is To The Point. A Rhino Experience. in one of the top home services, marketing, and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point.
1: Happy New Year, listeners. It is 2022. I hope you are ready to get after it. You've set goals. you got a plan in place, and you're going to crush them And hopefully uh, listening to To The Point Home Services podcast is, is part of your, your plan for 2022. We'd certainly appreciate that. Listen, I'm excited. We have got a stellar lineup of guests for this year. We're always trying to do a little bit bigger and a little bit better to bring you as much great content as we possibly can. I'll let you in on a little secret. One of the presidents of Starbucks will be on a future episode. I can't wait to share with you. It's going to be awesome. Um, what does Starbucks have to do and coffee have to do with home services? A lot. Think about how much you drink while you're going from job to job. Uh, Brilliant moment. I can't wait to share it with you. But before we get into any of that, any guests at all, we're going to do a best of 2021 episodes and share some clips with you. Just like we did last year with our best of 2020, which was episode 50. It's a compilation of a mixture of really good quotes from a lot of our phenomenal guests that we thought were inspirational, educational, whatever it is, something that might give you a benefit. So without further ado, we're going to start with our very first clip with my man, Mr. Keith Mercurio from episode 52 on something I'm extremely passionate about being real, being authentic and having integrity.
0: Uh We define integrity as the alignment of our thoughts, beliefs, words, and actions. And when people operate from that place, they are influential beyond, beyond imagination. They can move mountains. It's when we're trying to be one way while thinking or believing differently than that. And we're trying to justify it, that we are out of that integrity and people can tell. And that's why they're not, they're not moved. We might get by, mm-hmm. but we don't do, we don't do world changing things from that place.
2: Yep.
1: That's great. Well, um, the and the last, so the last step is your honor and serve. And I think we've kind of. I mean, I don't know, it seems pretty self-explanatory, um, but do you want to share a little piece of that and then we'll go ahead and close out?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, uh, this is, uh, you know, to me, this was, th- these were the two labels that sort of emerged in my life that, that the, the two filters that really started to help me see what I was really up to um, and how much of my behavior was derived from wanting to appear to be one way, but in actuality, it was all about what I could get.
1: Oh man. I love my man, Keith Mercurio He is the real deal. Holy field. Now this next guest is the same thing, different story, much different story. And that's my man, Mr. Mario Camperano, uh, episode number 55, also known as the Mexican Trencher, if you remember that episode, but this guy went from being incarcerated at the age 18 and he grew up in the hood, um, served five years but then came out, got clean, started running his own company, um, and now I built one of the biggest residential electrical contracting companies in the state of California. But his story is fantastic. His outlook on life is fantastic, and he's kind of went through some shit. So join my man, Mr. Mario Caporano.
3: While you guys were too busy watching boys from the hood or boys in the hood, I was living the boys from the hood, the the real story, the real, how, how it, how deep it it goes into. Um, Yes. They touch on the life of a a gang member, the life of a gangster. They do touch on it, but it, you you know, there's caps in your life of how deep you want to get involved in gangs. And I got it. I got involved to the point where uh, I can't say, I regret some of the things that I did. I can only tell you that, that I I learned a lot from it and it hurts my heart. Yeah. Right. But I have forgiven myself, right? I have forgiven myself, and Gotta I only serve one man, and that's yep. God. I only fear Him. But getting involved in, in gangs, and uh, you know, being a being a victim myself of being you know uh, shot at and stabbed and call it you name it, and then being incarcerated. When I ended up doing a a, a prison term stretch, that's when I realized who my friends were, yep. because at the end of the day, the only letters that I received was for my mom.
1: So let's talk about the segue into electrical. Okay. So we know that Roxy's a lifesaver essentially. Um, Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, she is. So, you know, when I moved in with Roxy, it was, I, I remember this day, like if it was yesterday, she's all like, well, let's find you a job. She So she opened up the phone book, dude. Right. So she opened up the phone book. She started looking like, let's call these places. Let's call these places. Then I found a organization my wife actually found them in the phone books an organization that actually just dedicated themselves to getting labor people or tradesmen
1: pretty cool moment you'd say that was a pretty pivotal moment then in the shift for you right
3: oh yeah yeah Yeah. fuck yeah especially so get this especially when the owner of the company came out it was a small organization it was about maybe seven electricians the owner came out and he goes you did it. you dug all this you dug all these trenches already i said yes sir he says all right you're a keeper wow you're a keeper i'm gonna keep you and get this. I thought this guy was white, but the owner was Cuban, like straight up. Ah. He just looked white, man. You know, so I always talked to him. And then one day I seen that he was I seen that he was uh, he had a Spanish, la- uh, a Hispanic last name. So I started talking to him in Spanish and he turned around and he says, hey, we're in America, brother. You don't talk to me here in Spanish. We wow. talk English. Wow. And I said, whoa, <laughs> right. Anyhow, I, I got to thank uh, his name is Roland Noriega. I have to thank him because he gave me the opportunity. I went from becoming a labor guy, digging trenches to becoming the driver to drop off material, to becoming the helper of the electrician to three years later. Now, listen to this. Three years later,
1: running two 10-man crews on TIs. See, now I told you you would like Mario. Like that guy is amazing. Just such a such a good dude. and I love hearing your story. Next up is a regular on the podcast, a clip from a man, KG, Mr. Ken Goodridge, CEO of Ghetto. Uh, that's episode, this is from episode number 62. And this was something that, that he talks about on his weight loss journey because he went through a an amazing transformation, which wasn't just physical, it was also mental. And I love that I've been able to break old Kenny G down um, and try to get to the heart of him too. But, you know, he quit, you know, he had quit. Drinking. Um, I mean, he had set some different personal goals in his life, and not just professionally. Um, but man, I thought this was a really great episode on on balance. So listen to this clip from a man,
4: Ken Goodrich. Sometimes in business, if you're not careful, it'll be just like the game show where you walk into the plexiglass tube and the fan turns on and the money's money flying on. around and you're trying to catch all the money. You don't really catch any money. Yeah. So Rather than carefully planning out your, your attack and walking in with a bag and standing there and collecting it all, right? And so I had time to think. And so we've implemented such great uh, new initiatives in the company, growing very rapidly. And then we, uh, you know, I had time to think about myself and get myself in balance.
0: So now that you are the new CEO of Ken's Health, is that helping you run your business better? What have you learned through this process?
4: You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not on edge, you know, yeah. I can, like I said, I'm focusing on the, um, important and not urgent items. Uh, I'm letting my team run the business more. Um, I find that my, my heart's open. I'm open, more open and more open to ideas and, uh, I just generally, generally much more happier and more content, and right? It makes me uh, connect better with my people. I mean, you know, the whole thing, this whole journey has been on has really ignited so many different parts of my life. My marriage, my um, relationship with my kids, you know, yeah, my uh, faith, you know, all the way down.
1: See what I mean? Ken knows what he's talking about. <laughs> he's got it figured out. He didn't used to have it figured out, but he does now. Next up is Judalyn Cassidy, episode number 76. And so what's cool about Judelyn's story is I actually saw her on um, the uh, Drew Barrymore show. I saw a clip of it when I was researching her and, and I love that she's an old school plumber, like from uh, New York, but she's originally from Trinidad and Tobago. Um, But, man, her story is also cool and about being and representing women in the trades is something she's extremely passionate about and done a lot of stuff with that and also using some good nonprofit things to um, be a part of as well as trying to pull the younger generation, uh, including young ladies, into the trades. And uh, I have a lot of respect for that. So, listen to this clip from a girl, Julene.
5: (laughs) So, I showed Ah. up on the job site. I pulled up in my Jeep and uh, for a little backstory, because I'm very colorful, I'm a mm-hmm. trades worker. We love telling stories. I actually, in my Jeep, um, in, even in my current vehicle, I sit on a cushion and I look really tall. So I pull up to the job site and I push the button and I come down. And I can see all, all the guys looking like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> So I, I pull up to the job site and now I open the door. Now I come down, I open the door and I could see their faces like, what the hell is she doing here? So I go up to the guy and I said, I am the plumber. He said, get the F out of here. There's no way you can be the plumber. I was like, yeah, I'm the plumber. I said, here, what are going to do? Because remember, I said I wanted to be a lawyer and I have a law and order degree, uh, law degree. So I watch a lot of Law & Order, so I definitely have a degree in that. That <laughs> took me a moment. I was
0: like, oh, oh, I get it.
1: Yeah, yeah, So is my yeah, mother-in-law. So, <laughs> so is my mother-in-law.
5: So I, right. I negotiated with him, and I said, listen, here's what we can do. I can work today, right? And if I don't work out and I don't give you 100 you don't have to pay me. But if I work out, you know, at least you give me a chance, and you'll see what I can do. But, and, of course, being a man, he had to win this challenge. Mm. Um, and he took me up on it and, uh, the rest is history from there. Like I proved myself. And oh said, yeah.
1: <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that, uh, or story as, as much as I do. I think she's a great human being. Um, I'm going to go back into one more of the clips from my man, KG, because he's been on so many times, He actually has a lot of, of great clips. So I want to share another one. This is from episode 81. And this was, um, this was the first part of our four part series on the seven centers of management attention. Um, this is where Ken is talking about leadership. He certainly knows a thing or two about it.
4: Okay, so. so leadership. So uh, you know, I'm I'm going to refer to Michael Gerber here on how he explains it, uh, because I want you to understand how I looked at it from the very beginning. So leadership, and I will say on this one piece, I didn't start there. You know, you're desperate. You're trying to run your business. So like, what can I do to put some money in the bank right now? Uh, now looking back upon that, I wish I would have taken the time back then and, and done this work when I first started, but I didn't so I'm trying to urge everybody think about this from the very beginning and so leadership really is about where are we going you know where am I taking where am I taking this team where am I get, where am I taking this company and what for? And so you really need to sit down and think about what is your primary aim in life? What do you want your life to look like and feel like? And, and you know, where are you going as the primary shareholder of the business or so your families being the primary shareholder? Where does this business need to go to perpetuate your primary aim? And then, um, you know, you develop the business and story around that.
1: Thank you, KG. Appreciate the love and the information on leadership. So now we have episode, this is a clip from episode 82 with Joe Cunningham. And uh, this one was a shocker for me because I love once we got through this episode more towards the end when Joe Cunningham really started to come out and he got feisty and he started sharing his opinion on the use of paper. You know, some of those old school tasks. And I thought it was brilliant. Once he got worked up, he was off to the races and let you know what he really think. Tom, what's up, Joe?
6: I don't, I I don't do software on there, and I'll I'll tell you why.
1: Yeah.
6: Uh, the heat load is part of my presentation. You know, and, and I use the train one-page paper heat load. A lot of guys they say, we want to get away from paper. What the hell for? Paper's <laughs> a renewable product. Farmers make money growing trees. What the fuck you hey farmers? <laughs> paper is okay. You can really use paper. But the thing about it is once you learn how to do it, it only takes you 20 minutes. But the thing about it is, here's the deal. (laughs) Up at the top, I have to write Chris's name and his number and tell him what his design temperatures are, summer and winter. (laughs) That sets the stage for doing what you're doing. Then you come down. Nobody else has done this. Guy come in and said, how many square feet do you have in your house? Chris says 2,000. Okay, well, It's 400 square feet a ton. I guess you need a five ton. Air doesn't come in square feet. Who the hell ever told him that Air comes in volumetric measurements, cubic feet. Because if that worked that way, if I had a 2,000 square foot house, he has a 2,000 square foot house. I got 10 foot ceilings. He's got eight. We'd still need the same amount of air. We don't. We don't. That's why you have to do it. You can't do it by square feet. You ever go to, you can't buy milk by the square feet either. You ever go to there for five square feet of milk? You can't get that. That's volumetric. We're
4: just getting warmed up. I have to know how
6: much air is in this house. So, not only that, I have to know where my windows are in this house. And the good thing about the train one, it breaks down all your windows. And you know, you've got all your factors in there. So, I can show Chris, I said, look, let me show you something really cool, Chris. We're going to take all the north windows and we're going to put them here. You have this many feet of is on the north side. We multiply it by this number. And all the south winds go here. And all the east and west, we put them together. But the multiplier is a lot <laughs> higher. You know why? No, why? Well, where does the sun come up every day, Chris? And say in the east, where does it go down? In the west. How many days a year does it do that? Like every <laughs> damn one, right? So we're always going to have the sun beating on the east and west more. See, if I took your house and I turned it this way, you wouldn't need as much air. So if a guy come in here and just told you without even knowing this, he'd be taking advantage of you, wouldn't he? So the heat load allows you to do so many things. But then they, you got the guys on the computer. I got one. I had a guy tell me at, at, at uh, Ashray one time, not Ashray, but the big ACA meeting in Nashville all up there. He came up to me and showed me this whole thing. He said, look at this. I can do a heat load in 18 seconds. Well, who the hell does that make happen? 18 seconds? When I was 16 years old, there was a whole lot of things I could do in 18 seconds, but I was the only one happy about
1: it. <laughs> See what I mean? Joe got a little fired up there. I love that. I love his passion for the trades and, and all his knowledge and wisdom he brings to all those. And a lot of you who are listening who have had the experience of working with him. He's such a good dude. So next up we have Terry Nicholson. This is from episode number 88. And I love this part because he's talking about pitching uh, indoor air quality to Jim Abrams. And uh, and he says something in there that I thought was really profound that I don't know that uh, a lot of people are thinking about. Maybe it's because he was saying it jokingly, but I agree with you, Terry. Every $12 million does help. Listen to this episode from a man, Terry Nicholson. And so
7: he said, we have one last meeting before the day we go public. I'll give you 10 minutes. And in that 10 minutes, you get to give your presentation on why you should be, Hired because you're going to be overhead and they're going to look at you as overhead. So you better give a good presentation if you want to get hired. And I give you 10 minutes and that's it. And then we'll take a vote at the end of the day on whether you get to be corporate overhead or not. So I went in and I gave my presentation for 10 minutes and I had a whole game plan put together. You know, I have found the shorter the presentation, the more skillful it has to be. Oh, yeah. And you actually have to present and prepare more time, so I knew exactly every word I was going to say. I had it rehearsed down to a science, and I even remember Shark my tank. closing remark. And my closing remark was the first time I've ever said this, and it's now become one of uh, Terry's signatures. And so, no one on this podcast try to take it because it's copyrighted in seven different countries. <laughs> okay,
1: I couldn't resist the Ricky Bobby. I'm call, on the edge right? of my. I'm on the edge of my seat, Terry. <laughs> yeah.
7: All right, so I had this, and I don't remember the exact amount of profit that I had uh, figured out that it would produce on an annual basis, but I think was around the 12, $13 million line. And my final closing statement was I had showed them how we were going to do this, and it was going to contribute $12 million of profit to the company. And you know what I say, every extra $12 million of profit helps.
1: All of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Thank you, Terry. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall listening to Terry Nicholson pitch Jim Abrams. <laughs> um, the second episode is with my friends, Travis Ringe from Pro Skill Services out here in Arizona. This is from episode number 54. And I thought this was really, really great for anybody that's um, newer or early on in the company. And, and this is the... A hot topic around pricing, and it's not a race to the bottom. And I love that their advice on—I uh, love their advice on—you know—to price for where you want to be, and and not where you're not where you're at. So, uh, listen to this clip from a man, Travis Tyler Ringy, on episode fifty-four. The, 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 everyone wants to go cheap to try to steal the market. I always say, price for where you're going, not where you're at. Price that you're going to have a 401k and benefits and a beautiful shop with a ping pong table and free lunch, you know, like that's what people want if they want to come on your team now. And so make sure you price for that because if you gain your whole client base being the cheapest guy, it's just a headache down the road. You know, I would rather win customers on fantastic service and and great value um, and do a slower growth than, you know, work my way to the top on volume with no profit and no, no ability to hire or train anyone super smart guys, those brothers, the Ringy brothers, um, the Lord of the Ringies, as I call them, um, who have made it a successful, uh, partnership with service champions. I mean, just a really smart guys and, and a really great company. And speaking of service champions, that's our next clip from my longtime friend, um, Mr. Frank DeMarco over there. Um, this is from his episode number 61. And it's talking about, um, their view on what is, truly world-class service and what is a hundred percent, you know, and what a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee looks like the service champions. And so rather than me tell the story for them, I will let them share with you. Give it a listen.
8: If you, if you are doing all the things you believe in who you say you are, you're going to get somebody somewhere that theoretically you believe down deep. I can't even say took advantage of you, but knows what that is. I've, I've listened to Leland yeah. Smith on a phone call, say, just pay me what's fair. If you don't believe in what we deliver that is not how this business is designed pay me what's fair and some people you believe it or not would actually just are happy and pay the money some people say i'm not going to pay anything you know what leland doesn't stay up all night saying the hell with this person this person's crazy what he says is what can we do better that is his first response what can we do better as a business if all of our industry did that and had that outlook they, I'm not saying they have successful yeah. businesses, but that's the outlook you have to have. That is world-class. Fix it, fix it right, fix it as fast for the first time as you can. And, you know, be, when you say that satisfaction, you say happy money guarantee, you better deliver on it.
1: Yeah. Just like Frank said, you better deliver on it. Okay. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Now, listen up. This next clip is someone really special to me. I mean, really special to me. Uh, and that is my lovely bride and the COO of Rhino Strategic Solutions, who always wants to be behind the scenes, but is a brilliant human being. This is from episode number 67 that I did with her. Which, by the way, she's, she hates being uh, in on air, uh, in front of cameras, any of these types of things. So I love being able to share this. Um, and she'll never listen to it, but you guys will be able to hear it. But hers is about balancing priorities between customer satisfaction, employee satisfaction, and personal satisfaction with your job, which we all, every single one of you listening, have to find a balance in this. Or you might even be struggling with this. I think I think it's fair to say most most do. But it's so incredibly important for all of us as business owners, and uh, husbands, wives, spouses, with families, whatever it is, to have great balance.
5: You know, there's been um, there's times in every organization where how you have to prioritize shifts, and there were many years where in our organization it was had to be so customer driven, and it was at the expense of um, my own job satisfaction, employees' job satisfaction. It's grinding all the time, um, but you need to be able to grow to a spot that allows you to make those pivots and shifts and. Um, I'm incredibly thankful that we've gotten to that spot where I can truly say um, I can equally balance and say employees are just as important to me as clients are and clients are just as important as employees and um, focusing on both of those needs to be my highest priority all the time.
1: See what I mean? She's just so smart and she says it so well. This is why I can never win an argument with her because even when I'm right – she says it in a way that makes me feel like I'm, I'm wrong. <laughs> she did, she's she got really good balance in that. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode. Again, that was episode 67 with Anna Yano, COO of Rhino Strategic Solutions. Next up is again, my man KG from episode number 85. And I thought this was one of the most profound, actually, I think this was probably one of the coolest moments I've had on an episode with Ken Goodrich. I love talking about his transformation. I love talking about his business and how he's grown Ghetto, um, And it's been obviously a long history, but- him talking about what that 50 years did to his life and what it meant, especially coming off this episode clip we just had with Anna about balance. Well, this tells you his perspective on how he balanced and how actually off balance it was. And would he do it the same again? I hope you guys enjoyed this clip as much as I did in the midst of that conversation. This one has stuck with me since I've had it. Enjoy my clip with Mr. Ken Goodrich.
4: I I hate to say this, but I have been working on this business for 50 years. I've been in the HVAC business since I was 10. Right. 50 years I've been at it. Well, 49 years, right. right? And I got everything a man would ever want. Anything. Just think about what you want. I got it. And I'm here to tell you, it ain't worth it. It's not worth sacrificing your vacations and your family time. It's not.
1: See what I mean? Ken Goodrich does have a soft side. That one hit me right in the feels. It's just an episode that I I have never, never forgot. So next up we have from episode number 72. Again, this was a two part series that we had with my friend DG. And this was the Dave Geiger story to half a billion dollar home service company. Um, Man, one of the nicest guys on the planet, the beast from the East. He's a shy guy but he's a fly guy <laughs> talking about what he sees when he looks at like the fleet, the vehicles, you know, he talks to kind of about heritage and the history of the business and kind of being able to see beyond the brand, which is something that, uh, you'll, know, you'll also hear me bring up in this clip too, about what it means to us, but listen to this clip about heritage and the brand and the people from my man,
2: D G. Yeah, those those are some of the the brands that that we've been uh, you know blessed to, to have in our in our company and and you know when I look at those 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 vehicles I don't see trucks and 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 brands I see I see heritage I see where you know companies and families have started with one truck and they transition through their through the history of each of those businesses and and have. Uh, have a lot of pride in it. So, um, you know, horizon it, it is one of the trucks up there. Right. right. It, and, and, and the same thing is when we buy a brand, we don't, for the most part, we don't change the the brand, right. We keep the brand cause there's tons of goodwill and uh, that we can never replace. So, so we're, just, I just have it there to remind me of that.
1: Thank you, DG. Thank you. Thank you. He's, he really is shy. Um, but man, is he incredibly intelligent and he's such a good, such a good dude. If you never met him, you got to meet him. one of the nicest guys. So next up we have Greg McAfee um, on, was on the podcast and, um, you know, who's out in Ohio and this was from episode 73. And what I liked about him is I actually known him a lot of years. Um, back when we first started the company and I was kind of working with one of the local um, carrier and brine distributors. I wasn't working for them. I was a digital marketing partner for them. I had actually met him and saw his organization. I remember thinking like, man, this does not look like a heating and air conditioning uh, op- company or office or none of those things. It didn't look anything. Like it was so corporate. And now that I've gotten to know him more, know his story and kind of know his military background, it all made sense. But I liked this episode when Greg was talking about, and when he was starting, uh, when he was starting his starting a business in Daytona out of his house with like $274, in a truck with no air conditioning. So uh, I'll let him share the rest of it. Enjoy this clip with Greg from episode number 73.
9: I got married, bought a home, and started McAfee all in the same year. So all those things things are supposed to be stressful, but I didn't know any better. Um, so we started out of our home. I put my shingle out, worked, out of, worked off a kitchen table, did a lot of phone calling, did a lot of door knocking, wore out a lot of shoes, and it just, it gradually took off very slow. I didn't, I had 274 bucks in a used truck with no air conditioning. So it, it gradually took off. And, um, somewhere around, I don't know, the the first three, four years, you know, I probably had three or four employees. I did get into air duct cleaning, uh, like three years later, that was 1993. I got into air duct cleaning and, um, it took off right away. There were only really one other company doing it right in our area back then. And it took off right away. So we've been very strong in air duct cleaning since 1993.
1: Next up is my man, Eddie. I say my man to everything. It seems like, um, next up is my mate. Nope. Shit. He's from, he's from Scotland. So I don't think he's my mate since he's not Australian. Hey, my guy, Mr. Eddie McFarland from Scotland um and well he's been on a couple of different times such a good dude um has super respected in the industry uh, always a fun interview knows how to quote at least 5000 books um i swear he's like a a knowledge base for quotes from books so it's like so fun and plus he has the accents that already makes him cool anybody has an accent makes him cool um uh, but this is from episode number 78 with Eddie McFarland, where he talks about the future of the industry um and just the evolution of like customer expectations and then he talks about the Fosbury flop analogy. Do you know what that is? We'll listen to this clip and you'll find out. In the Olympics, you'll see, we used to, we used to run of that face forward. And one lone soul
3: was like, no, man, I think there's a better way. And, and, and there's this great, uh, I think Visa even did a commercial about it where he goes running dick fosbury it's called the fosbury flop that's it and and he jumps over backwards and he sets this record now we we all recognize the fosbury flop and and it's like kind of a neat story but what i think about i think about all of like it's one thing to be doing that in a stadium with 120,000 people and winning i think about all the times he showed up to practice all the ridicule he got all the naysayers, and that's a lonely, lonely journey. But he did it, and he
10: changed
3: the sport. Where are those pioneers?
1: Eddie's such a good dude. I loved that episode with him because we were able to joke a lot, and I was able to come up with some um, Scottish folklore and see if I couldn't, you know, if I couldn't validate some of the things I've heard or I read up on. And uh, honestly, it was kind of a bust. But it's funny, and so it was good to do it with a guy like Eddie. So the next episode, I wasn't even, I wasn't even part of. I was in Peru with my family. So this was the first time I gave it up to tall Paul and brought on a guest host, which is a customer of ours, Rhino and a friend of mine, Mr. Chad Peterman on episode 79 with John Conway. So some of y'all might've been coached by John. He was at next star forever. He is fantastic. out in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, No, he is not a novelist impersonator as well, but he is a phenomenal businessman, grew an incredible company. Um, super respectable company in Memphis. And now he's part of a much bigger, bigger organization, um, with a bigger, bigger picture, bigger vision. But I love when John talks about being almost a million dollars in debt to care. Um, and then joining NextStar and kind of climbing out of that hole, which certainly I think a lot of listeners can attest to, like, sometimes you got to go into the red before you work your way into the green. Like you got to spend some money to get things set up accurately. You got to get, you know, you spend money on marketing to try and drive business. There's things you got to spend money on and you get nervous if you spend it and you go into the red. You can't see far enough in the future, but you got to be smart about it. And part of that with John was, are you charging the right price to be profitable? And I want you to, uh, to listen to John's comment. And of course, if you have any questions, man, reach out to him. This guy is a good dude, but listen to what John says about charging the right price to be profitable.
11: Uh, one of the things that uh, in that promissory note, I was able to set up a, a note, and then I was able to basically work with my business coach at NextStar. I actually had the note set up before I joined NextStar, and then as I joined, you know, when I set up that note with a vendor, it was a monthly note, is almost like a a note that you were would pay, you know, pay a car truck payment with or whatever. And, um, you know, we put that, quite frankly, for those that are next to our members, we we put that note in our profit price, or so we made it part of our price. And so we went out and, you know, we went out and executed on what price we had to charge. And, you know, Paul, there's so many guys that are riding around in a truck today, they're scared to death of the price, you know. They're scared to charge the right price. They, you know, they they think, oh, my goodness, there's no way I could charge $300 an hour flat rate, you know, and and one of the things I learned, at, you know, when, when I joined in 04 we were 185 an hour flat rate in 2004. And then I joined Nextstar, did our profit pricer. And then um, in the very next month, I think it was June of 04, we went from 185 an hour to 325 an hour overnight. Now, some of you guys are listening to this podcast today. Uh, you're thinking, oh my goodness, you know three twenty five an hour flat rate. there's no way I could do that. Remember this was two thousand and four. <laughs> this was a long time ago that we were that we were that price. Um, and so um, the price that you need to charge um, for your service company is the price that it costs for your service company to produce a profit. Um, there is no such thing as going rate. Right. Um, it's the biggest myth in our industry. Chad's probably heard me say before, going rate right equals going broke. Um, no, no, you know there are going to be there are going to be people uh, in the industry that are going to um, you know that may even be in Chad's market or, or in the Memphis market or in, in different markets that will try to determine that there's some rate that you can charge. But if that rate doesn't equal the prop, you know the the cost to run your business and the profitability that you need, then the rate is you know, the rate's not going to be right. and You're going to be going out of business. And so number one problem for the Conway business back prior to 2004 and prior to joining NextStar was we wasn't charging the right price.
1: Well, thank you for that insightful information, John Conway. The Memphis Bell. I don't know why I just said that. I doubt he even want to be called that, but we're going to go with it. Next up, episode 101 with James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy. If you didn't listen to this episode, you never heard of this guy. Neither had I until I saw him do a keynote and I was blown away. This is the guy that did 101 full distance triathlons, which I have zero interest in ever doing in my life. Did 101 in consecutive days. They wrote a book about him. He was on a Netflix documentary, He's on Prime. Man, he has got a great story on how to become more Mentally tough, which is applicable to every single one of you listening, myself included, all of us, because we all go through, I'm going to use air quotes, the shit, and you got to figure out how to get through it, how to not give up, how to be prepared for it, all the things. I mean, think about this guy, a triathlon, you're swimming, you're running, and you are cycling, Um, none of which I want to do, (laughs) especially for that kind of distance. So I like to more just like soak, not really swim, but, uh, you gotta be mentally tough because you know, your muscles are shutting down there and they're telling you one thing, but your brain's got to tell you another. Like it's so mental toughness is so intriguing to me. And for somebody to go through that, they've got to have some crazy, crazy mental toughness. And so I wanted to share that with you. So enjoy this clip.
12: Yeah. I I think that's a beautiful thing about you know, because people are always like, how do I become more mentally tough? And my answer is only through action and experience. That's the only way you can't read about being mentally tough. You can't watch a documentary about being mentally tough. You actually have to go have an experience and then go, oh, the next step isn't going to kill me. And that's when you gain that confidence and knowledge of, okay, this is what pain feels like. And then you, then you just through experience, you get to know how much pain you can manage. And you get to a point where it's like, okay, this is, this is the threshold of what pain is and you just learn how to manage that level of pain. And you get to a point where you almost realize, okay, it's not going to get worse than this. And
1: I can, I can manage this. Thank you, Iron Cowboy. Also episode 100 was part one uh, of his story. So you got to make sure you go back and listen to both of those, especially in preparation for this year and all the shit that's going to be thrown at you that you're gonna have to go through. This next clip is from Chris Hoffman from episode number 96, which was an alternate view at growing a home services company without raising capital. So this is his uh, Greenfield strategy and evergreen business model, which I had never heard of until I saw him make a post on one of the social groups talking about this evergreen business model. And I was intrigued by it. So then he shared with us on the podcast the seven P's of an evergreen business. And I want to share that with you in this
10: clip. Evergreen companies are companies that have committed, really, the piece that you're pulling out uh, that's a little bit different of those seven P's, Chris and Paul, That the one that uh, is different in this landscape is the commitment to remaining private, uh, taking advantage of the ability of closely held private companies to have a longer term view. Uh, around how they're investing and the types of decisions they're making. And, and there's more flexibility uh, than some of our competitors in that space. And, uh, and what does that look like? How does that manifest itself? Uh, if I'm a financial sponsor-backed organization, which by the way, I think it's incredible what they're doing and it's good for all of us. Uh, and I'm excited to see the businesses that they're building. So it's not at all taking away from what those those folks are doing. But uh, the reality is they have limited partners that they have to return capital to, right? Mm-hmm. And the investment horizon uh, through which they're they're looking at these opportunities is finite, right? It's, sometimes it's two years, and sometimes it's five years. Uh, my horizon, right? I, I care about value maximization for all those stakeholders over the next two decades, right? And I think that leads to a fundamentally different set of decisions. Uh, and we briefly mentioned uh, Chris about uh, even the the school function. A lot of people doing it, right? Uh, and I've accumulated this uh, quarter million square feet back in this industrial park up. Uh, Got a school, quite literally a 40,000 square foot school on purchasing, hiring learning and development folks who spent a decade in Teach for America, who build curriculums, brought on an incredible chief human resource officer with tons of organizational development uh, and learning and development experience. And we're making big investments that I don't think uh, would make sense if I was a business looking to, to transact in the short term, Right. Uh, but again, I, the ability to make these decisions around the markets we're entering, the type of business we're building, um, that that lend themselves better to long, a long-term investment right.
1: Thank you, Chris. Speaking of which, Chris Hoffman was a total badass. He was overseas fighting, like, this guy is next level. You can kind of just hear the intensity in, in his voice. Super bright. And he was a really cool guest to have on with that different perspective. So I was really grateful that he took the time with us. Next up, I'm doing this. Just because I know this listener is listening who was a former guest. That is my friend, Mr. Rusty Cochran from episode number 74. See, Rusty, you made the best of episodes. And so I don't want to hear you complaining about how I'm not thinking about you. Okay. So in Rusty's episode, he's over in uh, Southern California over. Um, and I was just there visiting with him, which by the way, appreciate you taking us to uh, Club 33. Appreciate you so much, Disney. Um, but... Rusty talks about kind of on their path to, you know, 30 million, um, that it was full of peaks, valleys, and plateaus. I'm sure you've experienced that. Like you get to a certain level and then you just kind of stay stagnant and you're trying to figure out how to keep growing the company. So, but sometimes you know, you go up, you go down, you hit these plateaus and, uh, and Rusty, I like what he talked about because I think this is super relatable with a lot of you listening. Um, when you hit these plateaus is what to do next. You know, where do you start to uncover things? And Rusty kind of shares their story on how they went from five down to one and then got up to nine and to 17 and to 23. And then uh, sitting around the 30 mark with 160 employees. Like the story is pretty cool. I think it's super relatable. So I'm excited to share this clip with you. So enjoy this clip from my man, Rusty Cochran from We Care over in Southern California from episode number 74.
12: Yeah. So we went from, uh, you know, like I said, from about 5 million in the trailer days and then we went from five million to nine million to seventeen million just over a year. You know that just happened, and then seventeen to twenty three million. We hit plateaus at seventeen million. We hit a plateau, and it's like, okay, yes. we saw, You don't have to. Like if you know if Ken Goodrich is listening, he's going to say you shouldn't have to. You should just make money no matter what, right? I mean, like I said, super easy. He's he's you know super smart, and you know, he gets it. You know, I'm again, I'm slow, so I had to get, I had to hit the plateaus. And, you know, we did it again, we grew again, and, you know, we got to 23 million, then hit it again, hit a wall, 24 million, and then we went backwards, then backwards, and, you know, a couple times, and now we're on that pace again. We'll hit around 30 million this year uh, for WeCare. So, I mean, it's, you know, 100, and give or take, but 160 employees, something like that. So, you know, and it's a... Uh, it's the people really that, you know, we still have our first employee. We have our second employee here. We have, you know, lost some along the way, but then, you know, maybe the eighth employee or something like that. So it's long longevity with a lot of the people here. And I mean, that's what I, you know, strive for is to keep them. And, you know, I I get close to them. I like, I love our people, you know, so it's a, couldn't do it without them.
1: Thank you, Rusty. I appreciate you. (laughs) See, you're famous now. He's on here by reach out to Rusty. And say, hey, I heard you on the To The Point podcast. He'll love it. Now, his cell phone number is, I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay. The last clip, the last best of clip is from my friend Leland Smith, episode number 75 from Service Champions. Um, This is him talking about kind of their growth, you know, their growth strategy over the years and their growth plan, some things he's went through, and then what he's attributed a lot of like the little like chunks of growth too and things over the year. I know he says he's just a plumber from Kentucky, but we all know he's way more than that. But I do love what he says in this clip, and that's applicable to everybody regardless of size. And that's how he said he's always participated in peer groups. And by the way, the peer group he was in is one that all of you would have loved to have been in. But find one, find an accountability partner, something. But if you're, you know, go visit shops. If you're a $5 million shop, don't go to a $100 million Go, go find a ten million dollars shop. If you're ten, find a twenty. If you're twenty, find a forty. Something that's a little bit more relatable. Something that's a little bit easier to attain and understand. The path to there, you know, to that next level. So, but use the peer groups that you're involved in, or find accountability partners, or just friends, and constantly get with them on man. What am I? What could I do better? Asking for help. We talk about it all the time on this on this podcast, and it's that everybody's willing to help. But for goodness sake, find a peer group. So yes, if you want to grow big, do you have? can you raise capital? Yes. Can you do the Chris Hoffman strategy? Yes. No matter what you're doing, find a peer group, find a friend, find some accountability partners, and don't be afraid to ask a lot of questions to grow. So enjoy this clip from episode number 75 with Leland Smith.
13: So the last 15 years, Kevin and I have had a group of six or seven companies, and we would meet Every, sometimes three months, every six months, but every month we would share financials. And we would talk every week, and any problem that I would have, I could share, and I'd get six different answers back. Maybe six different ones, too, so you pick which one's the best for you. But when you share in financials, and you can go down and see exactly where you're broken, and go in and fix it, that you can know you can improve, that was the gift that was given to me, to have friends like that. And Morris Jenkins was part of it. Uh, Dewey was there early on. Uh, Milestone, um, you know Kevin, and just different people that were really good. Um, and Horizon, Dave, and Mark were part of it until they went up and sold. And um, you can't learn. You always got to find somebody better than you. And if you're if you're a ten million dollar company, go find some twenty and thirties. But make sure get them to share the financials. That cuts out the BS. There's a lot of guys out there who love to brag about all kinds of money they're making. And they're not making it. Yeah. They're talkers. And But if you're willing to share financially, you can really get into it. And everything's kind of opened up. And that's I think that's one of the keys to my success is that I had people. But when you get to the top of the group, if you're the 40 million and everybody else is 20, go find your 60 and 80. And that's where I came in Horizon. They were 80 and 100. And here I was just a little tiny 40 million and mm-hmm. uh, learning from Dave and Mark. So. I think that's what you have to do is get outside of, I don't know any of our competitors. That's
1: it listeners. That's a wrap. The best of 2021 in the books. I'm sure you're going to go all back and listen to them all again and take copious notes and, uh, or whatever else you're going to do or not. You're just going to listen to the next episode when it comes out next Tuesday, but whatever you do, keep listening because I'm so incredibly grateful to be going into our third year of the To The Point Home Services podcast and to see its growth and its success and all the reviews and all the people reaching out. And man, it's like the most rewarding thing to to see how it's impacted your businesses, even some of your lives and your personal lives and your employees' lives with the growth that you've had and the connections I've been able to make from this podcast, not me, you, the listener with other listeners and guests has been incredible. And I want to do a lot more of that this year. My commitment to you is to do more of that. I would just ask because I love seeing it selfishly that you please share the podcast with others. You're going to join a peer group or any group or your friends or whatever. Share the podcast. Then you can have things to discuss and talk about. Leave reviews. Please leave reviews. I love reading the reviews. I mean, we get so many. I'm super grateful and I love reading them and I read them on every podcast. So please leave us a review. And then again, also Subscribe. If you haven't, it automatically comes to you. It's the most easiest thing to do. You wake up on Tuesday and boop, there it is right on your phone, you know, to the point podcast, ready to go. New information, new guests, all at your fingertips. Okay. It's technology people, but listen, I'm incredibly grateful. I'm excited for a new year. I'm excited for a new year with you and uh, all the guests that we're having coming on this year. I'm excited to hear your stories and successes that you have in 2022 And listen, don't be afraid to reach out to us directly. If you have some sort of topic, you're like, I just want to hear this this year. There's a guest that you should consider. That's been happening a lot more lately. I'm open to it. So we have some big changes here on To The Point Home Services Podcast in 2022 as well. And I would look forward to growing with you guys. So until next time, we'll see (laughs) you. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe, and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, It's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.